up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Hello, and welcome to Mama Stay with Tanika Ray. This week has been, woo, y'all. I have a feeling you guys felt it too. It's been a very, very charged time in our lives, not just this week, the week before, the week before. I think, I think we don't even know what a steady, relaxing week feels like because we haven't experienced it. This last week was very busy and very charged for me specifically. And I want to share something with you. I often, part of my wellness and self-care routine is I talk to myself. (laughs) Holla if you hear me. If you're one of those people that is your greatest friend and talks to yourself and guides yourself and has conversations with yourself in order to work things through, in order to really navigate through things in your life, to really dissect confusion and parse it open so that you can find what makes sense. Well, I do it a lot. And what has been really beneficial is I've started to record myself on, oh, I love these voice notes on my phone. I record myself. I have hundreds and hundreds of recordings. And some of them turn into ideas. A lot of them do. And then a lot are for future stuff, future projects, future ideations that will come to pass, I'm sure. I want to share with you a thought that I had because I was really, really stretched in a direction I hadn't been stretched in this week mentally and spiritually. I have created this podcast, Mama Stay with Tanika Ray, because of how passionate I am about mothering. And no, not how to make the perfect meal for your toddler or how to make all the neighborhood moms love you or get asked to every birthday party, like all of that. Who cares? It's just not how I prioritize my life. For me, it's, is my child and am I content? Are we joyful? Are we living our lives productively and fully and wholly? And we can come home and smile. Can we have great open and transparent conversations about our feelings? 
Can I say to my daughter, who, yes, is only seven right now, I didn't like the way you did that. Can't we figure out a better way to to have these conversations? Because the fighting breaks my heart. The fighting is exhausting and it ruins my day. Can we figure out a better way to start our mornings? Do we have to have contention every morning, Nyla? I want to be in that kind of relationship because that is the relationship I didn't have growing up. But then I also have to say, everything happens for a reason. I feel blessed that everything happened the way that it did. Was it painful when I was a a little girl? Absolutely. Did I cry many, many nights and feel very, very alone? Yes. But at the same time, it's made me the person that I am today. And so if I had a mother who understood me from a very deep emotional level, would I be diving down this road to understand others? Would I be so empathetic to all different types of people? I don't know. I would be wrapped up in my own way of doing things. But because there was always this dis-ease, this discomfort, this unsatisfaction, I searched. I looked to people for guidance outside of my family home. I accepted people in all the ways that they did things, in all the ways that they chose to live their lives, in all the ways that they chose to love. And love has been something really big on my mind this year, especially this week. Because what is it? We see the world operating from such a place of hate, such a place of dissension, such a place of intolerance in the world, in families, at schools, everywhere. So I wanted to play this for you because it really highlights where I was in the moment. I was invited to go on a show, and speak about this book called Mother Hunger. And when I tell you the very first page had me bawling, boo-hooing, crying like the most guttural cry I've had in a long time. I was stunned by it because I have done a lot of work on my mommy pain I've done a lot of work. I've gone to therapy. I've read books. I've been in women's groups, learning how to not carry the trauma of the trauma that I endured as a child. Now, here's the thing that's so tricky. My mother is still married to my father, and she doesn't understand anything that I went through. For her, I'm exaggerating. I make stuff up. It doesn't exist. And that is what's so trippy. For me, it has held me back. It has permeated every corridor of my life. But my journey is my journey and her journey is hers. And that has given me so much peace that I can't force her journey to be anything that I approve of and vice versa. So this was recorded on Saturday, Saturday, March 26th. After I took part in a television show that discussed the book Mother Hunger by Kelly McDaniel. 
Oh, and FYI, I record this on my voice notes as I'm driving around, being my mommy self, picking up the munch, taking her to dance class, driving back home. You know, the mommying, the mommy stuff, the consistency of it all. But it's also a really great time to think, a really great time when I'm having these conversations with myself in universe where a lot of stuff is exposed or it's revealed, I should say. And so there's such great moments to take my voice notes and record myself. So there is going to be some, we'll call it ambient noise (laughs) in the recording that you're about to hear, turning my blinker on, getting out the car, my keys, whatever that is. Oh, I hope you can accept that and still receive the message of what I'm trying to portray here, which is these conversations are important for us to have. It's almost like a therapy session sometimes, the doors that we're able to open. Okay, here we go. Enjoy. I've been very busy, which is good. I love being busy. I I think when I'm busy, I feel this angst of, is this ever going to (laughs) matter? You know, all these interviews that I do and um, me being interviewed for my podcast, which I'm very, very passionate about. I think it's consciousness, conscious living, conscious eating, conscious loving through the POV or the filter of conscious mommy and conscious parenting. Um, And that that's a It's something I'm very mindful of. I mean, I can't be a conscious person and then not mommy from a conscious mindset. So it is a constant reminder to me when I do something that's very unloving or I operate from my autopilot or I operate from inertia or I operate from a a patterning sequence that has been placed on my recorder and my brain without my knowledge, just from experience, just from hearing the way that I was parented, I automatically respond when I'm triggered the way I, unbeknownst to me, triggered my mother. It's all connected. Grandmother, mother, daughter, granddaughter. It's all connected. So there's no place to escape to. You can cut that cord, but then you're still going to be required to do the work to counterbalance the things that you were raised with that may not be the most productive, that may not lead you on the road to winning, that may lead you to a life of insecurity, self-hatred, questioning yourself, self-doubt, all those things that then permeate into every single other area of your life like the mates you choose why do I choose the men that I choose well if my you don't feel loved by your mother what is love maybe you can't feel love for a man maybe a man can't feel love for a woman or maybe a man and a man a woman and a woman whatever non-binary maybe you just can't feel love because you don't know what it's supposed to feel like and I think For me growing up, the hardest thing was, I don't know what love is. I don't know what it is at the time. I know now. But you know what it required? Not all the relationships I've had. Me finding out what love is required me having a child of my own. Oh, there it is. Love isn't demanding 
Love isn't critical. Love isn't judgy. Love isn't any of those things. And I feel I may have thought they were because that's the experience that I had in my life. That's the experience that I lived was you say you love me, but all I really get is criticism. I get sarcasm. I get you're not good enough. I get you don't know what you're talking about. I get no. I don't get hugs. I don't get love. I don't get any of that. So if that's how I was raised with two people that created me and they say they love me, well, my dad can't say it yet. It's not part of his makeup. Then why, why would I think love is any different? I didn't. So I went out in the world and I loved people the way I thought I was supposed to love. And ultimately, by the time I had a child, I realized, nope, that is all wrong. That's all wrong. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is accepting. Love is nurturing. Love is giving. Love is happy. Love is warm. Love is home. So you can imagine the mixed messages and why I've been in therapy for not consistently. I do not want to make anybody think that they must be in therapy ongoing all the time. I think that's highly severe cases. I think you go into therapy to deal with one situation in your life. Of course it has tentacles. Of course it's related to other things, but that one thing, and then take that information from your curated, like make sure you search a therapist, get the information, get to a place of satisfaction, and then try to apply that into that area of your life. And trust me, you're going to find that it may apply to other areas. And then only in dire circumstances, I believe, do you seek that person out again and say, oh, I need a refresher with the new things that have happened in my life, with the new instances that have happened with my life, the new chapters. Let's see the shift that I've made because of the other information you gave me three years ago. Where are we now? I haven't been in therapy for a while, but man, I'm seeing all the things that got me stuck. And I'm like, oh, oh, it all goes back to, I don't know what love is. I don't even know how to kind of receive it. Like, oh my God, I'm fucked up. I'm so damaged. And that's the worst place to be, to be like, I am irreparable. There's there's no way to fix it. Like, I'm just, this is just what it is. But maybe, oh my gosh, this mother hunger opened me up, opened me up to the core. Oh, if that's the nucleus, which I didn't know. I mean, I knew the mom thing was a big part of it but I didn't know it was the center. So I've been trying to approach my issues as if they're linear. Oh shit. Mother hunger is at the center. And then the outer rings are bad judgment in men, eating stuff, alcohol stuff, self-doubt, self-hate, fear, all of that, all of it, all of it. Being a mother myself made me realize, holy cow, I have the ability in my hands to fuck her life up royally or to make her life manageable. Me, the mom, the person she came out of. That's why I do this podcast. 
Mothering is not just one of the people in the tribe. Your mother, the person you were born from. Yeah, your dad helped create you. But you lived for nine months while you were baking in your mother's body. Now, I'm not just, I'm not saying that this doesn't involve people who were maybe adopted or who, that none of that matters. You were born to somebody or even if you were um, hired to be a surrogate, whatever, you were born to somebody. You still have some energy connected to the person you were born into. Even if it's just, I like when she ate beans, that made me feel good. (laughs) There's some connective tissue. You don't have the gene connection. It was literally just a shelter, but you never know. It's earth deep. It's center of the earth deep. Mother Earth. Center of mother is where the baby's born. It's profound. And for people to think that mothers aren't God, God didn't make women as a reflection of herself, that would be foolishness. God absolutely made woman as a reflection of herself. That's why the world is topsy-turvy, to put women on the back burner and to make them feel subordinate in a world that they create? Madness. Madness. Well, that was me Saturday having all kinds of thoughts. And it's sort of like how people write. They flow right. They just take a pen to a piece of paper and they don't consciously try to manipulate where they're going to go in their writing. They just flow. I like to do that speaking to myself, talking to the universe. There's so many things that I covered. I'm going to talk about a couple like love. What is love? And how powerful a mother is and father. But there's something about a mom. There's something about the mother that she housed the baby in her body for nine slash 10 months. Truly, if your mother doesn't accept you for everything that you are, and your mother isn't your greatest cheerleader, and your mother doesn't see the God and the love in you at all times? I don't know. How do you navigate through that? Well, I know how I did. And I don't know if I did the right thing, but I know that for me to survive with my soul and my heart intact, I needed to not only cut the umbilical cord, the the ghost umbilical cord that still exists between mother and child, but I needed to mother myself. Now, I never, ever thought of that concept before, mothering myself. But it has become really clear now that I'm a mom that a lot of things that I'm doing for the benefit of my daughter, I also am doing for the benefit of myself. So if my daughter does something that, you know, every day they do something, they're kids every day, and I react to it, what does my reaction do? How does my reaction land on her little heart? How does the way I react to her just being her at seven in a world that's crazy land on her, affect her, seep through the membranes? 
create an ideology for her about who she is. It's so easy to break somebody's heart, to burn out the little spirit in their minds. And I am absolutely dedicated to not doing that. Trust me, I think about my upbringing a lot because every day there's something that I have failed at as a mother. Every day, every day, I think, oh, I could have done that better. Ooh, I wonder, I I could see down the road, like, ooh, I responded to her this way. She's going to think she can't trust me with her thoughts, no matter how innocent and naive they are. She's going to think I'm going to criticize her. She's going to think I don't believe in her. She's going to think, and I have had that. Today was, she has no real concept of time. You know, she's seven. A lot of kids don't. I can say, you've got 15 minutes. That means nothing. (laughs) It means nothing. I learned that the hard way. I say to her, you can have a play date tonight. She's on spring break. But you see the hundred items of clean clothes on that couch? Every single one of those needs to be folded and hung up in your closet because that's how I'm raising my child. I am not her servant. We are a team here in this house. She's to learn how to fold her clothes. I wash. I do most of it. But she's got to put her stuff away. I mean, that's just what it is. And she lost it. I said, you got to, all the clothes on the couch need to be hung up and you need to clean your room. What? She freaked out. Excuse me. We aren't going to have a play date and your room's a disaster. We're not going to have a play date and you've got chores to do. And I don't, chores is a weird word. I don't even know if that's the word I would use, but your responsibility You have all these clothes from dance and acting class and playtime and school and pajamas. And not to mention, every time you go outside, you decide to change clothes when you come home, which is fine. That's sanitary. I get it. But you're not going to change clothes five times a day. And I have a ridiculous amount of items to wash. And then I'm doing all the work. It's just that to me is where mothers really can lose themselves. You have got to put your kids to task. Teach them how to do things here and there. Okay, I'm getting off topic, but that was our thing. And my daughter, something flipped, some switch flipped in her mind. And she was like, you just want me to be perfect. You don't care about me. And it was literally a surreal moment where sliding doors You know, that weird reality where like, where is time and space? Because I'm looking at her having this meltdown and she's me as a little girl and I'm my mom as my mother. And I couldn't believe I was hearing the words that I would scream at my mom. You just want me to be perfect. Wow. Every once in a while, it breaks me to the core. What am I doing? That's not at all what I need you to be for you to feel loved. Not at all. And then we have a moment and we talk about it. And it's like, no, it's not about you being perfect. Trust me, I'm looking at the the items on the couch that you folded. They're not perfect. (laughs) I just want them to be folded. And we can work towards making them a little bit neater as time goes on. Now I know what love is. 
Love is seeing someone with all their flaws and loving them to the core anyway. Love is accepting the fact that my daughter will lose a water bottle at least once a week and loving her anyway. Yeah, I'll get frustrated in the moment, but oh my gosh, she's my favorite person on the planet. And about every two days, we remind each other of that. We sit together, we cuddle, and she goes, Mommy, I love you so much. And I go, I love you too, babe. And she goes, we love each other more than anybody on the planet. And I say, yes, we do. There's something really powerful about single moms and daughters, single moms and sons, single moms and only children. There is a deep, impactful relationship that forms because you really are like teammates. You really understand that you have that person to rely on. And the same way she relies on me, I rely on her. It goes both ways. So as much as this book, Mother Hunger, broke me, it made me cry guttural, deep, soul tears of sadness for the mother that I didn't have and the mother that I wanted. It's not my mom's fault. My mom did everything that she could to be the best mother she thought she could be. But we're different people. We rock through the world differently. We process the world differently. We prioritize things differently in our lives. I couldn't have come from a more different person is kind of what I feel. And maybe that was perfectly divine too. It forced me to really believe in the things that I believed in. It forced me to really research and study and feel for my gut what I loved and didn't like. I had nothing to rely on as far as mother passing down rituals or passing down the way to do your makeup or passing down the way to do your hair or passing down the way you operate in a room filled with people. I just didn't learn those things from my mom. She cared a lot about her external She cares a lot about being appropriate. She cares a lot about what other people think. And I don't know if that is important to me. I don't know if it's as important, that's for sure. I'm a little bit on the outside of the the inner circle. I'm an independent thinker. And I like it like that. Because without the pressure of being like everybody else and fitting in, I get to decide who I am and create my own identity. Be loyal to me and what I believe in and ride hard for myself. So this is what I would say to all moms, new moms, moms of four, five, six. Continue to discover yourself. Continue to remind yourself what love is. Continue to take yourself on the journey of, does this work? Is this still working for my child or children? Is this having the result that I wanted it to have? Or am I just used to doing it this way? And it keeps the kids quiet and gives me a break. Everything matters. I had to understand that as much as I would love to have a quiet moment 
Leave me alone. How does that impact my child? Is it worth that alone time? And also at the same time, affecting my child in a negative way? I don't think so. So I've had to create new language and and create new conversations with my child about how do we have more boundaries? So when I say I need some time alone, I get the time alone. And we don't always get it right, trust. My child is a fiery spirit. And I'm not I'm not ice cold. <laughs> We've got some fire in this house, some beautiful passionate souls. But we know what love is. Took me a long time to figure it out. It took me a very long time, a lot of wasted years of having really bad relationships, bad friendships, men in my life that didn't deserve to be there, abusing alcohol. I've been drinking since I was 14, drinking a lot to the point where I was like, it's not a good time unless mama's got her cosmopolitan, her margarita, her red wine. It's not a good time unless I've eaten a whole pint of ice cream. But this book, Mother Hunger, allowed me to be seen. I never felt seen on that level. Yes, it's true. I think that if you're a mom or if you've had mother issues, it's imperative that you read the book Codependent No More. I read that book when I was 20. I knew that I had to stop depending or putting my my faith in people to take care of me who weren't my family because that's what it did. It made me search for people outside of my family to care about me, to show me motherly love because I wasn't getting what I needed at home. And when I realized in a very harsh way that somebody else's family was never going to care about me the way a mother would. It broke me. And I, I ran from that friendship. I ran from that friendship and the adopted parents that I thought were going to care about me. They didn't. <laughs> it forces you to find something to make you feel good when you don't have the mother that you want. So there's alcohol and eating. And maybe sex sometimes. Sometimes you're addicted to finding pleasure wherever you can find it so you can have intimacy and love, so you can feel cared for. And it doesn't even matter who it comes from. I thought these problems were all separate. And then mother hunger comes. Holy crap. It's all connected. So I've just started to read this book. I am halfway through. I'm listening to it on Audible as well as reading it at the same time because I need to hear it and I need to see it because if I'm ever going to shift and I'm ever going to really heal and trust me, creating Mama Stay is part of it. Being my child's mother is part of my healing, but mother hunger is so center of the earth deep. It perhaps could be a lifetime of healing. Well, now that I know what it is exactly, where the nucleus is, and not just trying to put a Band-Aid over feelings that are disparate, now I know there's a nucleus, mother hunger, and everything stems from that. Now it's going to be easier. I mean, I'm proud to say I haven't had alcohol in four years. 
but that had nothing to do with my healing from my mother. That's something to do with the health issue that I talked about in last week's episode with Ginger DeClue. Something happened with my liver that was showing up on my hands. And the medical medium, thank God for him, said, something's up with your liver. No doctor told me anything about that. And I went to lots of specialists. But these intuitives are like, what's up with your liver? Stop drinking. Okay. And same with food. Gotta stop eating spicy. Oh, okay. Treat your body like a temple. We hear that a lot, but we don't really take it to heart. We're from a society where there's a full-blown global pandemic, but there wasn't much talk about, ooh, I'm going to stop smoking. Ooh, I need to stop drinking. Ooh, I shouldn't be eating all this gross, fatty food. I didn't hear much of that. But now we've been given this opportunity to recalibrate how we see things, how we feel, how we mother ourselves. Because mothering is never done. Think about that. We all have heard this before. Yeah, your kids turn 18, they may leave the house, but the mothering never ends. Your kids could be 40, 50, the mothering never ends until somebody leaves this earth. So why not take part? Help mother yourself. I'll be mothering myself until I leave this earth. I've decided to take that on because somebody's got to do it. And truthfully, I really do believe that whatever happens to you before the age of 18 is a parent's responsibility. But after 18, it's our responsibility to fix it. And life is about gathering the tools to do that. Gather your tools, study, read those books, follow those life coaches and those life gurus and those thought leaders. Let them seep into the membrane because our parents did the best that they could back then during a time when life was different. My parents came through civil rights. My parents were the first of this, the first of that. They were carving new pathways that never existed before. Their priorities were on success. Nurturing and hugging and kissing and making your kids feel wanted. That was back burner stuff. I accept that now. I don't blame them. But in order for me to continue on with my healing, I need to now take steps in order to make sure my mothering of myself isn't tainted. That my mothering of myself is safe. That my mothering of myself is true. And that my mothering of myself is rooted in the things that are real and authentic and resonate with the person that I am. Because in order for me to continue to grow, I must be held. Even if I hold myself, I must have a shoulder to cry on, even if it's my pillow. I must feel nurtured, even if it's my best girlfriends. I must feel loved, even if it's coming from a seven-year-old. We all have to be mothered, even if you mother yourself. Thank you so much for listening to this free-flowing conversation with myself, which I highly encourage you guys do. As mothers, sometimes it's hard to find the space and the time to get free from your children. 
But every once in a while, sneaking into a bathroom and talking into your voice notes or whatever Android has to record your voice is magical. Because sometimes we have thoughts that we don't remember to write down, but if we record them, you would even shock yourself at the thoughts that you have. But if you don't document them, they're gone. Remind yourself who you are all the time. Sometimes that looks like a manicure. Sometimes that looks like going to the beach. Sometimes that looks like sitting in the parking lot of a CVS pharmacy, whatever it is where you can find the time to not just be with yourself, but hear yourself, listen to yourself and honor yourself. We at Mama Stay with Tanika Ray will continue to amplify the voices of incredible moms in every walk of life and illuminate their ideologies, their tips and tricks on how they're navigating this crazy world while nurturing and loving their babies. Don't forget to click like, rate our show, and leave a comment. I'd love to hear what you think. And I know I'm not a typical podcaster. Sometimes I feel I just want to talk to you. Let's have girl chat. And sometimes I want to bring you the most incredible minds on the planet. Like seriously, in the last two weeks, we've had Dr. Shafali, what? The creator of The Conscious Parent. And we had my new girlfriend, my new mama friend, Ginger DeClue, who healed herself. She studied what it is that we ingest and how it can benefit us. And I love her slogan, Our health is our wealth, and we all deserve to be rich. So thank you so much for rocking with us once again. Thank you to my producers, Jenny Media, who just hold me down. They really do. They really see what it is that I'm trying to create with this mommy collective of Mama Stay with Tanika Ray. We are grateful. So thank you. We will see you next time. We have some incredible mommies coming up. And we're so excited to continue to form this relationship with you. If you know of an incredible mom that you would like to profile on Mama's Day with Tanika Ray because you love them so much, they are beacons of their community, and you think their story needs to be told, let me know. You can always email me at mamastaywithtanikaray at gmail.com. And you can always DM me. That's always a good way to do it. DM me at Tanika Ray on Instagram. Much love, Wusa, and Mama Stay. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift. And you're doing a kick-ass job. So, Wusa and Mama Stay.